Welcome to another episode of the Tim Moen Show. I'm glad you're with us. I hope you're having a great day. This world is getting really surreal, isn't it? Uh, what is going on? Sometimes it feels like I'm in an alternate universe. I've woken up in an alternate timeline or something like that. Things just get stranger and stranger between rail derailments in Ohio, lockdowns, vaccines, um, <laughs> people transitioning and then detransitioning and suing the government, uh, trucker convoys. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the latest news coming out of um, out of the heart of our, our Laurentian elite, the Globe and Mail, is that CSIS is releasing documents that China, China interfered in the Canadian election. CSIS is the Canadian intelligence agency, similar to the, I guess would be the CIA or something like that. And they have uh, let uh, the Canadian government know apparently that China has been interfering in our election. So here to talk about that is the Canadian libertarian, Bennett Hunter. Oop. Oh shit. Okay. There we go. <laughs> New to this streaming stuff, Bennett, but oh, Hey, welcome. Thank you very Long much. Long time. No see. Uh, fellow Canadian libertarian. What, what sure. What's going on here with this China stuff? What are we to make of this? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that popped my head when I st started hearing about the story is like, here we go once again. I tell you, folks, if you want to if you want to have some good insight, and I, I wouldn't suggest neither of us are psychologists here, but projection seems to be the name of the game when you're talking about the Trudeau liberals in particular, because Every time I see them accusing, you know, whether it's Trump, right? Remember the whole Trump-Russia collusion thing, right? Right. Well, well, it turns out that, yes, there was definitely some election meddling and interference going on, but it was up here north of the U.S. border, right. here in old Kanakistan. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, now we know. And basically what ceases, based on everything that I've been reading, I've been reading multiple articles that have, like you say, Globe, uh, the Globe Mail and even Blacklocks and stuff. And from what I'm gathering, is 2019 and 2021 both elections you know were affected and when you're talking about the difference between a minority and a majority government and with our first past the post system in canada you know i mean i'm sure someone's out there digging it to figure out how many you would need how many writings you would need to affect to actually fully flip an election or to change it from one side to the other but it seems that you know from what I'm saying, at least 11 in one of the elections, but 11 writings that can be flipped, you know, that's that's a substantial. And like I say, we don't know exactly the totality of how that is affected, but we could possibly, the truth of the fact could very well be that we're uh, living in, in a country where, you know, the election was not le legitimate, right? Right. Well, now, and, and, and it's not, you know, I was reading, it's not just, um, you know, influencing the public, but it's actually getting, um, you know, China, China, or CCP sympathetic uh, individuals into into uh, places of power, right? Into MPs' yep. office, into um, you know bureaucracies. So China is no doubt putting people that are sympathetic to the communist regime there mm -hmm. in these uh, key places of influence in Canada in the government. Um, and, you know, uh, what does that mean, Bennett, for, for Canadians? I mean, wh what should we be worried about here? Well, I mean, in reality, as, as you and I both know, as libertarians, it just, to me, the, the biggest concern is obviously that, you know, maybe the current ruling establishment isn't exactly as we would expect. There's obviously a lot of heavy, in, heavy influence, but I did want to actually bring th something up of the Globe Mail is, uh, let me just bring it up here. Actually, I'm going to send you the link, Tim. Okay. 
because then you can uh, put this right on your on the stream i'll send it there on the old back on facebook on a, as a message here uh anyways while you're doing that i'll just kind of mention just that the headline to it right now is uh ceases reports reports outline how china targets canadian politician and business leaders but if you read down in through the article um not sure if you want to read it in its entirety or not but i'm just pulling it up here let's see uh shift s chrome tab okay so here's the article. Oh. oh shoot, yeah, you don't have it fully opened on your end. Damn. Yeah, I gotta pay for uh gotta yeah. pay for the Globe and Mail, and that ain't happening. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but I don't know how I got it. But I have the you article. probably get a certain number of logins. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, anyway, so let me just maybe myself, at least you can see that. And if you want to post a link to this you know, when we're done, so that people know can read this for themselves if they can. But sure. I'll just, I'll just read a couple of the portions here that I found. Uh, you know, quite uh, disturbing. So Canadian politicians, officials, and business executives are the prime targets of Chinese government espionage that employs blackmail, bribery, and sexual seduction with the country, even enlisting the Bank of China in its foreign influence activities. Secret and top-secret Canadian Security Intelligence Service documents viewed by the Globe and Mail outline how China instructed its consulates and visa officers to alert Beijing to prominent and influential Canadians planning to visit China. In addition, the Bank of China has been told to inform consulates of travel plans of Canadian business executives attending conferences sponsored by the state-owned financial institution, according to a February 2nd, 2022 intelligence report that is rated top secret. Uh, okay. Oh, other highly classified documents viewed by the globe and by the globe paint a picture of broad Chinese strategy to interfere in Canada's democracy and gain influence over politicians, corporate executives, academics, and vulnerable Chinese Canadians. The mm -hmm. overall goal is to obtain political, economic, scientific, and military intelligence and neutralize or co-opt Canadian critics of Chinese politics, including repression of U the Uyghurs and Tibetans, the crackdown on free speech and democracy in Hong Kong, and its design designs on Taiwan. Beijing has said it reserves the right to use force to annex Taiwan, Taiwan a self-ruled island it considers a breakaway province. Um, now here, this is where it's a little more interesting here too as well is this is a realistic threat that all of our partners are facing. It is not just about electoral interference. It is multi-pronged, said national security expert Ash Askshay Singh, a fellow at the Council of International Policy. It's about different levels of government. It is about academia. It is about civil society. And it's about private enterprise. Uh, actually, I think that was probably the most important part. But anyways, if like I say, so this is something based on this report and like i say there's a lot to it it's quite a long article to be honest with you and like i say it's definitely something that you might want to get a chance to check out for yourself but basically what this tells you is this is it's permeating through you know multiple aspects of our culture you know like academia i mean not like we weren't already highly suspicious suspicious of this right but the fact that they're using things such as bribery and you know things in in terms of using uh you know things that they've caught them maybe something in the past in terms of sexual activities so i've right. i myself i'm not sure about you but i myself have, have constantly been concerned now i know you know a lot of people that work in the government the bureaucracy sign ndas but i can't help but think because i've always wondered did canadians really flip that much on me you know my fellow citizens have they really flipped so much on me that there's nobody anymore <laughs> that uh, you know wants to 
well, obviously there are still few whistleblowers and this one's rated site of ceases, but it, the, the limited amount of pushback against the kind of tyrannical or overreach of government was quite disturbing, but I'm starting to see that there's, there's some underlying reasoning there. That's, you know, that's not just my suspicions, but now it's being confirmed that, you know, not only are the NDAs an effect or a cause, but now you have the fact that people, you know, just to protect their own asses too. Right. right? Well, let's, let's put ourselves in, in uh, a CSIS bureaucrats uh, shoes for a second here. Right. Here we've learned that uh, the Chinese government, this all powerful CCP, the, uh, the, uh, basic dictatorship that Trudeau lauds on and, and praises has uh, influenced the election and helped install a liberal government. We know that it's a liberal government that they helped stall. Those are the ones that were favorable, more most favorable to the CCP. And and now we have Justin Trudeau in there for another term. And what happens to you now if you leak this and say, "Hey, uh, maybe this wasn't legit. Maybe maybe." We got to run it back, or maybe we got to look very carefully at how the Trudeau government went in there. What kind of ripples are going to play out of this? It could trigger another election. It could trigger all sorts of uprisings and and uh, unrest in Canada. So, you know, you, you can see see how it it doesn't necessarily how it just all it takes is a basic instinct for self preservation to see why you might sit on a uh, an inflammatory report like this um, and, and release it to the public. Right. Well, and another thing, too, and I, I don't know how this all ties in together, but you can see and I mean, I've watched articles now or read articles now where they talk about these five year plans. I mean, just everything that I've seen, you know, I'm not sure. I, I think we've talked prior and you were were you familiar with and I'll even still mention alleged, right? Alleged because no, there's no proof of it. But there was this little liberal letter from an insider were you aware of that i i covered it in a couple tasks yeah I, I remember something about this yeah right so it basically laid out the plan right for the covid response yeah and it definitely seemed like point by point it was a definitely something that was a fully centrally planned type of a thing right. and as a means to coerce and cajole the population more or less something along the lines of what the social credit score in china would be so it seemed like almost sure. like a copy and paste type of methodology to get canadians on board and if Maybe. you read it in its entirety you're, you're talking about you know not just the whole vaccine passport all of it actually the only thing that didn't actually prove or come to fruition as of yet is the universal basic income income but the, the liberals definitely introduced it and i believe it the only reason why it wasn't imp implemented so far is because when the election was called in 2021 you know it goes off and then you have to bring it back and all that stuff right but it's and now today another thing so you have this letter and now another thing i i've got uh, a copy of something is uh a uh, blacklocks report on it and there's this paper now i'll send that to you as well if you want it's basically lays out for the digital ID, what kind of information that the government is going to require for that. Uh, let me find that and I'll actually send that to you. So you can maybe put that up on, on your, uh, on the screen here. And once again, I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning to everyone here, this is stuff that has not been independently verified. So, you know, I don't want to give people any pretense that, you know, you should just Take this, uh, you know, as if it's gospel, right? But it's, once again, based on the history, based on the things that have played out, it's at least highly suspicious and at least has the potential to be legitimate. So th these are things right. to at least be aware of. And if you want, Tim, actually, 
it'd be great if you could just bring that up onto the screen yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. and then see and maybe we can go through it together basically the kind of information the private canadian information that would be associated with something like this and i also recognize that the you know the digital id thing is something that uh, Canadians seem to be willing to jump on board with, especially if they think that it might benefit the healthcare system in some way, right? Well, oh, yeah, I mean... Oh, oh, that, oh, wait, is that the letter? Maybe I sent you the wrong That's the letter. Thing. For those yeah, who may have gotten, here's your... Okay, sorry, I think, I think I sent you the wrong one here. That's just the letter. Never mind that. Don't worry about that. Let me find the one that I was looking for. Where did that go now? That was the letter, was it? Uh, trying to find it here, Tim. Sorry about that, man. Um, where did that thing go? Or maybe I might have to go back on. To, did I even download it? Surely I downloaded it. Mm-hmm. What are you what are you looking for? It's the it's a copy of what seemed to be uh the form you would have to fill out in the eventual result of digital ID coming to Canada. Basically a template with the kind of questions that would be on it. Oh, I see. So Okay, hold on here. Just let me just check something out here. I mean, all these things, um, you know, like like this uh, this letter that outlines what is what the plan is for COVID nineteen. I mean, okay, I got it. Okay, yeah. okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll, I was just going to say that that you know my my impression of it when I first read it was, well, yeah, this is obviously, you know, I, I could have written this because this is just what you would predict would happen if you think that public health is a good thing for the government to control. Right. right. I, I mean, if that's what you think, uh, then everything the government did uh, makes some logical sense is, has a ration is rational. And most people think public health is good. Therefore you could expect this kind of thing. doesn't take any kind of nefarious puppet master with the secret plan. This is exactly what people want. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, go ahead with your, uh, Okay, so I'm sending it to you now there. And okay. Yeah, I, I sent the, the first one I sent was the letter. But, of course, the letter is not a bad thing to have either. But to me, once again, I, I don't, like I say, whether true or not, it's to me, not, knowledge, you know, before things, it, you know, at least gives you, even if it's wrong, even if it proves to be, an, at least if, if, these, if there's even a slight potential of it being correct, at least, you know, if you have knowledge now, you kind of know what's going down the line and you can kind of, think about right. these things beforehand right but okay, it's well, definitely it's definitely something that would be beneficial for you know central planners but it also if you read down through it the kind of information oh yeah at that the, well, at the bottom they have credit score mm -hmm. um so this is immunization re registry public health agency so this this was the um the pitched uh, i guess um public health and canada entrance card or something like that yeah well this is if 
you, okay, right now, so you know the, the the Trudeau liberals and the provinces were having their meetings in terms of, you know, uh, healthcare transfers and increasing them and getting, you know, the federal government a little bit more actively involved in healthcare. And right. this is the potential, once again, potential. Um, okay, we'll play ball, right? We'll we'll offer to, you know, pony up more cash from the federal coffers, right? Or do this, that, or this to help, you know, implement some changes in the healthcare system. But this is this seems to be that this would be possibly one of the prerequisites. So where, where does this come from? Is this, cause I oh, have well, seen this before, but I can't remember. Is this like an official government document or something? Someone Photoshopped well, together? Or? Well, this is what I mean. So that's, this is the thing, right? I yeah. cannot independently verify whether it is now it could be one or either. It could be, yeah. Like you say, just someone that was you know, spent some time, you know, in the evening, uh, uh, you know, when they had some use, uh, excess time just to make this stuff up but i mean it does right. kind of look you know with the whole i believe he even has the well yeah i mean it, you, you've got all sorts of different vaccine statuses on it you've got suicide attempt previous vaccine refusal known allergies gender identity sexual orientation smoker previously institutionalized so i mean this basically you know it's got whether you have your pal or our pal whether your your firearms license um, whether you've been on a no-fly list, whether you've got warrants out, whether you have access to fertilizer. <laughs> I mean, and if this is, you know, you, one could imagine, look, I could make a case if if I'm a blue-pilled statist, <laughs> like most people are, I right. can make a very easy case as to why we need something like this, right? It's not mm -hmm. so. So the, the difficulty we face, unfortunately, Bennett, is... Um, how do we how do we tackle blue pill statism? It's not re right. like revealing something like this is not shocking to someone. Like I, I had uh, one of my buddies on my very first episode. I don't know if you listened to it. Um, uh, yeah, Normie, yeah, Normie John, right? I sure, I sure did. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, listen, he's he's a great guy. He's part of my yeah. men's group, and he challenges right. me. I challenge him. Uh, he's a coworker, and you know, stand up in uh, personal life. But he he has a typical normie view but it, the thing about him is that he's he's also really good at arguing for the blue pill normie view right. as well right now he would look at this just like you know we brought up 15 minute cities on that episode and and i, I and he's like well there's no plans for this and blah 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 and i said i basically said but if there was a plan for this mm -hmm. um you know in you know condensed down to what i said to you, basically you would be in favor of it Right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you, you could be easily convinced uh, to lock people in their neighborhoods or with strict traffic and different things. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I definitely could be sold on that idea. Well, why couldn't you be sold on this idea, too? Like so. So this idea about looking for these nefarious conspiracies and seeing see normie blue pill person wake up, take the red pill. God damn it. There's yeah. something nefarious happening there. They, they'll look at that and go, well, you know what? If our government says this is good, this is probably a good thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's good mm. like to know whether you've had previous suicide attempts and stuff. Like, I don't want you having a gun if you've had previous suicide attempts or DUIs or, or, you know, if you've, if you've refused the, the vaccine before that says something about you and maybe you're, you're antisocial, maybe you shouldn't, you know, like th th this is a good thing, Bennett. Why why wouldn't we? So, you know, we're we're, we're looking at all this stuff, and and you know, um, we're, we're our minds are being blown. But at the same time, I wonder sometimes if we're not if we're not like trying to hack away at branches 
and ignoring the roots here. And the root <laughs> is that we've got blue pilled status, thinking blue pilled status things, mm. and and seeing everything through that lens. Yeah. Uh, and and we got to strip that fucking lens off and and you know give them the what, what was that uh the, that show where roddy roddy piper has the glasses where where he sees everything for what it is and no one else oh yeah right yeah, yeah 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 actually i, I, I came here to chew bubble gum and kick yeah. ass and i'm all out of bubble gum i think it comes from yeah, that movie yeah. or whatever but yeah anyways actually can i just respond to that tim yeah. actually when i was watching it it was just like when you odd time and i'm watching a movie or something and you just want to I know yelling at the screen isn't going to do me one bit of good, but I just, I still have the habit of trying to do it. And when you were having right. this conversation, I was like, Tim, I wish I could have been a bug in your ear to be honest. With yeah. You. Yeah. Because in reality, I get you. And actually I've done this. Um, now that, now that I'm back working and where I was and doing the truck driving thing. And actually I, I test this out a lot. Cause like you say, there's so many different ways you can approach things, things. And usually it's just a big wall that gets put up typically, right? The, whether it's yeah. cognitive distance or they just support whatever the reason, but what I have found that works great. Because no matter who you're talking about, people on the left, right, or anywhere in between, they claim at least is they stand for things that are virtuous or at least, you know, they would consider based on principles or some kind. Of, he even brought up the word ethics, right? When you had that conversation, with him, he brought it out. So to me, it's like, okay, before, if we're going to have this conversation, right? Just like if I'm going to build an engine, I have to start with the, the platform and stuff and know the fundamental basic. Okay, so what are your guiding principles? I would have wanted to ask this gentleman. Right. What are your guiding principles in life? And, and can you explain to me your ethics, you know, and how you approach them? Because I think at that point in time, that's the easy, like it kind of, and then you don't have to necessarily do the catch. You They'll get it in their own mind. The minute you, you point out the very real fact, well, if, if you agree that you shouldn't have the ability or, or the pretense authority to impose what you think is good for you, or maybe what you think is good for your family. Hey, I'm all for it. You do you, right? The difference is, because we live in, in this thing called a democracy in a country, what you choose and decide and vote for has a great and a tremendous effect on me. So, you know, if you want to have, you know, these uh, digital IDs and you want to have government, you know, maybe have control over many aspects of your social and economic life for cra from cradle to grave, you know, that's on you. But you don't get to make that choice or, or override my choice that I don't want. I don't I don't need I don't require. Right. Any anyone to control dictate. Now I will agree with anybody in my locality, my community, my province, the country. That all do the the reciprocal thing that you would expect of yourself. The golden rule, right? Which is, I won't preemptively vote for or, or use the mob or support anyone trying to tyrannize you or impose my will or my preferences on you. All I ask in return is that you do the same. And I think once you get yeah. like to me that if you get to then all the rest of the argument, it's just semantics. It's, it's just a matter of, oh, I want this or I want this. It's, it's just like the socialists, you, the, you know, the bleeding heart about the healthcare. Listen, I care tremendously about not just my family, and mostly it is my family. And I'm the, at least one of the few people that's honest enough that, yeah, I prioritize me and my family and those I care over people I have no clue or have no relationship with. But the point is, if you genuinely care, if the point is that you want people to be healthy as long as possible and have access to good health care. Well, as we've seen now, there was a three-year experiment. It was a beautiful thing. Forget about the hypothesis, right? Or some academic study. This was a real world experiment that failed, failed miserably. Failed so miserably that a lot of our fellow Canadians, right? Not just died or, or got severely ill, but lost business. And, and now, 
I mean, you know, it was easy to get caught up in the fog of, oh, I just don't know what's going on. But like I say, three years later, we all know with 100 validity and nobody can deny it anymore. Never prevented transmission and it never prevented you from getting it. So what yeah. the fuck was the point of a lockdown? What was the point of a mandate? Right. It had, there's no science and you don't hear anyone anymore. Do you hear anybody in the establishment talk about it was all based on science? Not a word, not yeah. a lick of it anymore, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So like say, and that's the point of why it's important for me and you to show with like right now, I'm, I'm just showing you that. I don't know if that's real, but I'm going to show my moral, ethical, universally consistent stance on this thing. Whether it proves to be true or not, at least I'll be able to have the evidence to continue to show. And that's how I keep gaining credibility. And probably yeah. why I have less and less reach is because my credibility is pretty rock solid at this point. Because I, I not that I'm a genius. It's just that I, my ethics, my principles mean something. They don't sway with the wind. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I kind of get a little. Yeah, no, I, I mean, what, what you were kind of talking about there is bringing, bringing it back to the individual, right? Their, their mm -hmm. individual ethics. And, you know, another, um, it kind of reminds me of Molyneux's against me argument, right? Like, right. It, would you, yeah. would you, uh, I, you and I disagree on say universal healthcare. I won't force you to take on my view. Would you personally force me to take your view? Would you come to me, point a gun at me, take money from me, or as a healthcare practitioner, would you point a gun at me and control me and tell me how to provide healthcare, um, by force. And right. if, if, you know, you're a moral person, most uh, in, in personal life, you would say, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Of course I wouldn't do that. Well, why would you ask these other people that you call the government to do that on your behalf? Isn't mm -hmm. it? I, I mean, it's even more like, I would prefer you just have the, the dignity and the honesty to hold that gun yourself instead of outsourcing your violence right. to someone else. So you can wash your hands of it and say, Hey, I had nothing to do with that. That's the government. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's essentially what the government is. It's a complete outsourcing of personal responsibility. Yeah. And then we wonder why, you know, that the society is the way it is, but let's bring it back to China. Cause that's, yeah. um, yep. Well, we well see, this, all, see, this is what I mean. This all ties into that stuff, right? The more centralized things are, as we've right. seen, works out terribly. And this seems to be, you know, where this country seems to be heading. More centralizing of power and authority than going the opposite way. Right. And once again, I would suggest, based on the fact that you and your uh, co-worker there had some pretty, you know, pretty large disagreements and some divides there. Well, I mean, if you're going to respect each other as individuals and you truly are, you know, friendly with each other, and then I think the best thing you can do is try not to impose yourself on each other. Like I say, that right. to me is, is the biggest thing. And if, and if once again, with the Chinese thing, then uh, the, the healthcare privatization, as you've mentioned before too, right now, all these people that are on these long wait lists, right. That are suffering and dying and, and going through some, their family too, right. You got to remember that too, the families that are going through this. If you have some kind of private option rather than placed into this one size fits all type of scenario, those are the people that if you're concerned about it, uh, you know, they have, well, even if you're, if you say, oh, it's only the rich that's going to use it. Well, if the rich use it, well, does, does that not automatically? And that's why I mean, just run that through your brain. If all, if the rich people are using this private healthcare, does that not free up space in, in the public system? I mean, yeah. to me, it only makes sense that if there's less people in the line, right? It's going to at least at the very least reduce the potential that you may have a severe outcome as a consequence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it's easy to, to uh, you know, you, you can bring up cases and say, look, you know, here I am, I'm a paramedic, for example, and I, I, 
uh, worked for a year on something called the community care paramedic program that our municipality uh, was trying to implement. And it, it was, you know, we have an aging population. We have a lot of seniors with low mobility and chronic problems. And if they have an urgent care issue, let's say, uh, you know, someone has CHF or COPD, a lung condition, and they develop a cough or, or cold or something like that. Well, that can develop into a life-threatening pneumonia in a week or so if left untreated. And and so, but at the moment they have the cough, they don't really need to go to emerge. I mean, they don't need to clog up emerge. It's just a cough. They have mobility issues, so they can't go see their doctor. And so this is where, you know, a healthcare practitioner like myself might go in, do some diagnostics, take some blood work, uh, coordinate with a family physician over the phone, bring some, uh, you know, facilitate a prescription, do all point of care in the home treatment and stop that thing from ever becoming a problem mm. and do follow-up care. And, you know, you could spread this across uh, the county. Of course, we want to do this kind of stuff, but uh, but the government says, no, you can't do that. And HS, our, our provincial health authority says, no, we won't allow this to be done. We're going to do it ourselves. And they have like a half ass, maybe doing 10% of what we were willing to fund and do ourselves, um, mm. and so why should I be prohibited? I, I would ask my people who who uh, oppose private health care. Why should I be prohibited? Me, right. the guy right in front of you, from providing care for a consenting and person in need in my community that can't get health care from the public system, who ha is willing to pay or willing to accept my generous donation of my time and energy? Why shouldn't I be allowed to do that? And you can't come up with a good answer for that. And, yeah. and you wonder why we we don't have um, an abundance of healthcare in this country? It's because healthcare practitioners like myself uh, are chained down. We we are are limited to providing healthcare within a very narrow confines of the government prescri prescribed and employed uh, system, and mm -hmm. and that's it. So yeah. th there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would just say to uh, to your friend there, as as well as anyone else that's listening that is more or less aligned with, you know, government initiatives, right? I would just say think about anything in 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 any scope of your life that doesn't have have to do with government, you know, whatever it is, right? Competition, typically in every scenario that's rare, can you ever find an exception to that scenario? If there's multiple choices, right? then it gives you the option of seeing which actually, but you get real world examples of which is actually actually going to work better. And if everybody is choosing to watch Netflix or prime or whatever you, you know, or, or they choose Chiquita bananas over whatever, the reason why that is or properly in any kind of market type environment where you have the choice, it's not that someone has to force you in it. You'll see that more people, if if it proves to be beneficial to more people, the people are going to automatically gravitate towards that. Whereas if you limit limit our scope to a one size fits all, you're you're leaving out so many options. And I would say it's not that I have faith necessarily in human beings, but I have at least uh, seen enough experience and experience enough in my life where I know that people, if you give them the ability to use their innovation and and the information that's freely available that they will come up with multitudes and multi-pronged ways to solve uh, problems in society. That is to me. So no matter what side of the fence you're on it, at the very least, no matter, like I say, no matter what it is, healthcare, insurance, anything that you need, any service or product that you want to consume or be provided to you, then at the very least, bare minimum, allow the, the free market of ideas to flourish. And that gives you the ability, like I say, because there is no one thing that's going to fit everybody. But yeah. if there's multiple options, 
then what's best for you? I want you to, I want, I want your friend to have whatever option that he thinks is best for him. I want him to be able to have access to that. Right. And all I ask in return is, is, is he's a, you know, respectful enough to my decisions and my preferences that he'll, he'll do the, afford the same for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, look, he, he's got the conservative impulse to not throw the baby out with the bathwater to say, well, listen, these institutions emerge for a reason and we, we abolish them at our own peril or something like that. Right. So, so that's yeah, difficult actually, to think, but actually, let me just respond to that. Cause actually I've been thinking a lot about that. And, and to tell you the truth for quite a long time, I thought it was an either or choice, but in reality, it's not. When I think about it, liberty properly, I'm not asking for anyone to tear down an institution. This is the thing. For me, if I just walk up to someone and, and try to explain them what it even means, bare minimally, what does it mean to be a free human being? What you do with that information, that's totally up to you. I'm just offering you so that when you make your decisions, you're guided by truth and objective facts instead of someone that's giving you a good sales pitch. That's all I'm saying. Like, so there's not, I don't want, matter of fact, I said this quite a few times. No, I don't want to tear down institutions. I want other people to build different institutions and see what works best. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's have, let's not tear down because yes, there are definitely some areas and aspects of academia, even that, you know, I'm, I would imagine that may very well be salvageable. It's not like people are not going to be educated. It could possibly be transformed, right? Or re, right. re-innovated. That's fine. Well, or you see, might- you see uh, uh, different, you know, I think it's uh, Jonathan Hyde. Height is created the Heterodox University. There's, yeah. there's a bunch of these new alternative educational facilities popping up. A lot of people are now homeschooling their kids because they're, they're understanding that, uh, you know, uh, public schools are not a, not a safe place for, for children, uh, never have been. And, but now it's slap really, really slapping them in the face that, yeah. that it's not. Um, so I think you're right. I think these alternative, um, o- options or organizations or solutions or, or parallel societies are probably the best way to go. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of the tagline of my podcast as well, as well as, you know, trying to find ways of living free in an unfree world. Yeah. I can't, if I accept that I can't control government, I can't, well, I can control myself. I can't control right. the amount of freedom I have in my life to a large extent. I can increase the options available to me. I can increase the freedom available to me. So, so there's that. Um, yeah. but l- I want to bring it back for a second. Um, okay to China and, and ask what your solution is to this issue of Chinese interference. Okay. Actually, I just want to say one thing before we do that, because it's on my mind and I'll probably forget it, but But I wanted to bring this up because I actually, I just realized I haven't actually said this. I haven't even done a live stream where I brought it up myself, but I want to point out as much as I'm no fan, but I'm seeing this and it's kind of driving me nuts about the conservatives because you brought up the term conservative there. It's like, yeah, I'm with you there. Here's the thing that I would, I would offer to conservatives is can you try once again, like this is what drives me nuts. Can you be a little consistent in your in your value? I mean, no, the conservatives are dead set against anyone telling them that they can't go to their church or do it at right. But I mean, I'm no fan of drag time storytelling. This seems like a ridiculous thing. I, I don't know where the hell it came from, but when I think about the on the top on the top of my head, okay, are these people going there voluntarily? Are they, right. are they taking their own kids? Now I would, if I would say that's probably not the greatest thing to do, but Hey, right. You know, they're, they're responsible. Like who am I to tell to me? It's the conservatives are doing, they are accusing 
the liberals are basically being the new conservatives, right? And then they're still doubling down on the same thing. And here it's we right. libertarians are like, once again, it just comes back to how about you do you? There's never going to be a point in time where we're all going to agree on anything. And that's literally the point of individual liberty is you do you and I do me as long as you're not forcing your shit on. On each other right well yeah and I, I mean i look at any parent who would take their kids to drag queen story hour i mean what are you going to do by banning it are you going to save that kid they yeah. still have a parent who would take them to that kind of thing you don't yeah, think exactly. that's a bigger problem than the drag queen story time itself <laughs> right if you're a parent who does that your kid's going to be fucked i don't care you know and what are you going to do are you going to strip are you going to make all children wards of a conservative state how's that mm. going to work out for you well, right. it's not going to work out very well because conservatives are just progressive driving the speed limit. So in 10 years, that's going to be a progressive yeah. state anyways. And yeah. uh, your children are going to be fucked as it is. So, exactly. you know, now they're going to be wards of an all, you know, so it, it's ridiculous. And, and you know, I, I do get a kick out of, I, out of, yeah, I mean, conservatives continually make noise about these uh these kind of side issues, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. branches yeah. on this tree of evil, let's say. And, and as fast as you lop one off, two more are going to pop up. The root of the problem here is that we have public libraries and public schools. Let's get rid of that first of <laughs> right, all. Okay? Right? I mean, instead of trying to make sure that, um, that, that you have uh, your version of what, what, who should be reading to kids at a tax payer funded public institution or your version of what should be taught to kids in a public school um how about we just abolish those things altogether mm. you teach your kids what you think or you hire a private teacher or a private school to teach your kids the curriculum you think is right and and you know let the best ideas win let the best yeah. methods win uh but yeah as soon as you create this publicly funded monstrosity it becomes a zero-sum game of if you know I can impose my my worldview on others for free if I'm a conservative or a liberal or a progressive, mm -hmm. and I want that control, and I and I definitely don't want other people controlling it because then they'll be imposing their view on our kids. Well, how about yeah. no one impose their view on anyone? How about we just uh, let the market decide of free individuals? Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I was thinking about the same thing when it came comes to this stuff. I'm I'm just kind of scratching my head going. Yeah, I mean, this is horrific and like it's terrible. And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to pull these kids out of their homes, out of mm. their terrible, you know, progressive homes where there's no values and there's, you know, now yeah. what? And you're, and you're giving your opponents all the fodder they need to use back against you, right? But yeah, and, and whatever right. happened to the idea, to me, the biggest thing about this is forget about whether it's drag story time or woke education, whatever happened to. That used to be predominantly a, a, a very Western. I know it was Canadian thing of freedom of association. Like right. You, you, like I say, there's some people that do some crazy ass shit all the time every day, like in stuff that we don't even aren't even privy to, right? I mean, think about the yeah. M box. I think about the M box thing, right? I mean, so there's people doing some crazy stuff out there, but say, like, hey, whatever, as long as you're not forcing. What's M box? You know, the monkey pox and you know how oh, that spread. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. So there's people doing I thought maybe it had something to do with uh, butt chugging beers or something like that. I mean, yeah. there's people doing that no. too, right? Yeah, but, oh yeah, uh, what, but whatever. <laughs> but that, like I say, do each their own as long as you're not, you know, the, the basic, you know, the golden rule and not forcing people. But whatever happened to the, the idea, this would tamp down so much of the tension in the division if we just got back to the basics of freedom of association. Right, right. Well, and, and the reality is, look, if, if, if you have freedom of association um, 
and, and you, you know, just kind of live and let live, but people are responsible for their own mistakes mm-hmm. and their own vices, right? You, yeah. you would tend to see a lot less vices. You would yeah. tend to see a less lot, a, a lot less a derangement and corruption of, of morals and virtues or ethics or something. You'd, you'd see a lot less kind of Sam Smith, satanic, uh, pageantry at, at the Super Bowl. Um, because look, people, if they have to pay for their, the consequence of, mm. uh, their bad habits, their bad choices, their bad decisions. Um, well, they tend to make fewer of those. Right. And, right. and so I've always said that a libertarian society, would trend towards more social conservatism. You would mm. tend to have families stay together, yep. uh, work through issues, have a tight fam- familial bonds. Um, you, you would, uh, you know, th- there'd be a lot less promiscuity. There'd be a lot less drug addiction and use and stuff. Right now, if you can subsidize um, promiscuity, if you can subsidize unwanted pregnancies, if you can mm-hmm. subsidize drug addiction and, and debauchery and of all sorts, you're going to yep. get all, more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so when you get rid of those subsidies, but say, yeah, feel free to be a debaucherous fucker if you want, yeah. uh, but you're just going to have to pay for it. Well, guess what? You see a lot less debaucherous fuckery happening. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. kids. Uh, and by the way, this is not a kids-friendly podcast. I'm sorry right. Uh, right. I've offended yeah. your virginal yeah. ears out there. And yeah. I want to bring this back for a yeah. second because... For the China. Okay, we, we started yeah, out with China. Yeah. Went down a few very yeah. Uh, yeah. enjoyable rabbit holes and, and yeah. side uh, side rants, and I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love that's why I love having you on. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think I have a way of tying this all together because look, good. Right if, if you're if you're a conservative, what you might be tempted to do here is say, okay, what we need is a law, an anti-China law. We need to, <laughs> yeah. you know, what we need to stop Chinese from buying Vancouver property. We need to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But the simple solution from the libertarian perspective is we just need to to shrink government down to the smallest possible thing. Then it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if we have a commie for prime minister. It doesn't matter if, uh, you know, if the legislature is full of CCP members uh, straight from, from the party central itself. If they are limited, chained down and can't do anything, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. And and, and and in fact, yeah. if they can't do anything now, you get rid of them trying to do stuff. You get rid of lobbyists. You get rid of dairy cartels. You get rid of special interests. You get rid of all these things yeah. that that you that we like to blame for a problem. And and but of course, the conservatives say, "Look, those guys shouldn't be oppressing us. It should be our own government oppressing us. We're Canadians, <laughs> goddammit. I want yeah. Trudeau." Stepping yeah. on my neck, not some Chaoxing uh, exactly. Ping or whatever his name is. I want, I want my jack boot to come with fancy socks, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? And you're absolutely right. But even when we're just so, so clarity of, of language gives clarity of mind. So when you say shrink government, and what I've figured out, it's taken me a while. You know, it's, this this stuff isn't easy. But once you do, what someone does help figure this out, you know, maybe use that kind of knowledge to benefit yourself in some ways. So really, what it comes down to, so in my own family. How do I how do I shrink government? Uh, I've raised my sons and and anyone that's around me. They free their mind. If, if you free a person's mind, so that even so they even just have that basic knowledge. What does it mean to be a free human being? If they have that basis as the, and that's foundational for what they are or who they are as a human being, then I don't have to tell everyone how to figure. Government will shrink by the fact that I I don't need the problem today is people are told constantly, repeatedly, that f- like freedom is slavery, it's the old Orwellian thing. They're, they're, they don't even, when I talk to people in public, they don't, most adults still live as 
adolescence in their mind. Their bodies, right, fully grown, right? They, they get in the grayer hair when they're getting older. And I, I see them, I talk to them. And some of them are actually very intelligent in terms of, or I should say, know how to repeat and regurgitate and, and recycle things that they've seen. But the, the lack of the critical thinking skills, which is, once again, in, in a situation, well, what, is, what does it mean? Like, how do, do I vote for this? It's just too much. It's just like the old Adam Smith thing. So there's too much knowledge out there. We can't all know, oh, I got to vote for this person or this person. And that's going to somehow limit this person from being able to. No, right. if, if you have freedom in your mind as a state of mind and you surround yourself with people starting at the very least in your family, then hopefully in your community. But as many people as you can surround yourself that have that state of mind, then actually no matter where you live, no matter what kind of regime you lived under, live under, unless it goes full totalitarian, right? Is you can live as free as humanly possible, at least in the modern era that we live in. And you can expand that because we live in the age of information. So it's there's always it's always there. The, all, all the branches already offered to anyone. But I think the great thing now, and this is comes down to the whole Chinese thing and stuff, is rather than worrying about vote for a party to 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 uh, affect that if you want to prevent or be a barricade against more encroachment of authoritarian governments or collectivism is people like the the folks uh uh dennis uh, i'm just trying to think of his last name but the free state folks down in new hampshire right yeah. they they have got it, it, it figured out i mean if you went to some of these now i will mention too if you want i'll share that with you uh they did a, an nbc special it's multi-part series where they actually, believe it or not, you know, establishment outlet, but they went there and they, they basically, you know, talked to a bunch of the free staters. And, uh, you know, they, if you watch the documentary or the series, you'll see that these people, you know, because they live conducively with each other, they have the live let mentality. They have the proper principles is, you know, they live in a country. I mean, think about the U S is becoming certain aspect of it is becoming quite tyrannical, but, the, the decentralization and people's ability to think freely about things at least keeps, you know, tyranny at bay, at least as best you can. Now, if you get to the point where people say, oh, yeah, but then there's always the chance that, they'll, you know, the bar or the barbarians are going to be coming at your door or the hordes. Well, when that comes, then you just it's called self-defense. You have to, you know, whatever you want to do, either conform or, or defend yourself. But in reality, the best thing you can do to prevent, you know, Chinese communism for taking. Well, I wouldn't even say it's communist anymore. I think this third way has been morphed into more fascistic because I think yeah. I think all the central planners, planners of the world have basically figured out you, you're not going to install people in, in corporate boards that are going to do better. No, you just control them by way yeah. of, you know, legislation, right? That's that's the best way to, to implement because it seems to be the most efficient way. But the, the freedom has to start as a state of mind. And that is the thing that we libertarians can bring to the table in spades because we don't offer I, I i can't offer you know an answer and neither can you an answer what's the what's the best way path going forward it's just, i don't i don't know what's best for you i can never know no central planner can know what's best for you stephen polos you know wilkinson all of them they all said all oh, interest rates are going to stay long even right up to a whole generation you know these are people with all kinds of data points and you know i mean think of the, the myriad of information and data they have on a regular basis and they still got it wrong. So if even these people can't perfect their analysis or the predictions, well, don't ever think that there's anyone else that's going to be able to do it either. So the best thing you do is like I say, give people 
arm them with the tools so that they know what it is to be free. And then, like I say, surround yourself with the kind of people that have that kind of like mind as much as and as best you can and lead by example. Because when people see, you know, what works best, then that, like I say, they'll just automatically gravitate. You don't have to coerce them, cajole them or do anything. You just, you, once again, you can do your live, let live. And I think that's the best plan for us going forward in terms of keeping China at bay. Yeah. Take personal responsibility. Yeah. And, and you know, this, this was, a, this is a lesson that uh, as a younger libertarian was hard, hard one, right? It's like constantly shaking your fists at the state and the external environment and mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. I mean, it puts you kind of in a victim mentality. It puts you in a helpless mentality too. It's like, right. if, if that out external environment doesn't change, if that government doesn't change, mm-hmm. how can I be happy? How can I be free? How can I be fulfilled? And, and of course, uh, eventually as you mature, you realize, okay, um, look, I can't be a victim my whole life. I have to finally, uh, take control of my mindset, look at, at my agency and, and make, uh, my own choices and, and be responsible for expanding my own freedom, despite the fact that these bastards are out here doing their evil, evil stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that is, uh, it's probably a good place to, to end things uh we're coming up on uh we're over 45 minutes so uh bennett where can people go to follow you hear more of your stuff what do you got on the go okay well, i'm still a canadian libertarian and i'm all over the place youtube twitter facebook i'm ooh, i'm verified on twitter i just i just had to do it just for the heck of it right because you know it was for so long the only people that could have that that big fancy blue badge you know were the, the elite and it's it's kind of cool now that uh Elon has given us peons the ability, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, to be put on par on, on the same level as as the you know, the upper echelons of society. But uh, yeah, it, based on the and uh, Odyssey and Rumble, and and I will mention too, as, as far as uh, if anyone needs to, uh, you know, reach out to me for anything, I have a, a, a Gmail account, Canadian Libertarian BH. I use that. I have a Proton uh, mail if you want to do things in, in a more secure manner. Uh, that's Canadian Libertarian. So basically, like I say, I'm I'm out there on the social media, still doing my thing, doing the live streams, and uh, and I haven't been doing a whole lot of standalone videos. But I have, I'm just say one more thing there, Tim is I have come around to, and people like Michael Malice has helped in, in this way too. Is like you say, so we know the red pill, blue pill, but uh, the black pill and white pill is a thing that I've been uh, kind of paying attention to, and I'm definitely seeing a lot of green shoots in terms of uh, people, you know, finding out ways. Do not feel so defeated and, uh, and uh, you know, being more positive because, I mean, there's lots to be positive for, right? I mean, yeah. historically, you know, we're not so far as of yet anyways, right? We're not in the trenches. You know, we have yeah. some pretty good things at, at our disposal. We now have private businesses, right? I mean, Elon's just one man. People say, what can one man do? Now, of course, he does have a whole lot of people on, you know, the back and support him. So it's not necessarily just one man, but the ideas may have come from one man. But so now you're seeing real world examples that nobody can say anymore. For a long time, people could say, well, you need government for this. It used to be that you needed government. There's only four countries in the world that could take men to space, right? And it used to be that was a universal thing. You need government, or at least people believe that you need government for to go to space. Yeah, and we yeah. know you don't need government to go to space, right? And, and uh, Twitter, I mean, Elon Musk spent $44 billion to, to you know, have at least one platform you know, that gives you the ability to not have to just sit down, shut up and, and, 
go along to get along with the status quo. No, you have the ability and the capacity now to get your voices out there if you want. And that's just the beginning, folks. That's just the beginning. There's always ample opportunity if we if we're going to willing to fight for it and and do what needs to do. We need to do put the work into it. The sky is truly the limit. I mean, matter of fact, Mars isn't even the you know the end right, of, right. of humanity. So come on, folks, let's yeah. let's try to stay on the positive side of thing. And I really support you, Tim, for for come back. I've you know I I know how hard things be. I stepped away myself, and uh, I was like, it'd be nice to have some some fellow uh, travelers in terms of libertarians around because I seem kind of alone there as of late. But it's nice to see you're back in the fray. And and uh, like I say, if you ever want to reach out and have a conversation again anytime. Yeah, and well, I, like, I think yeah. we definitely have to do some live streams together yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, talk about uh, some of the, you know, it raises, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. We're going to the stars, right? We're going to, we're going to the rest of the solar system. You know, forget about globalism. We're going to be dealing with solar systemism in about two decades and we're going to be right? begging for globalism as a, as a hedge against solar systemism. Right. <laughs> so just yeah. like the nationalists beg for nationalism as a hedge. Anyways. All right. I digress. Right. I could go on about that, but, uh, yeah. yeah, thanks so much for joining me and, and audience, uh, uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, uh, get involved in live streams, come join me over at locals.com. Uh, you can support me there. I'm trying to grow this into something that I do, um, more regularly, more full time. I've worked uh, a ton of overtime over the past year. I've been the glue holding the socialist healthcare system here in Alberta together. And I'm just tired of being that glue. I want to, you know, live life for myself and produce more of the stuff I love and that I think you love. Uh, so head on over to locals.com, uh, podcasts and, and shows drop, uh, at least a day early there. So this will be, uh, dropping, um, at least a day earlier than it will, uh, to folks out in, uh, uh, Spotify and, and podcast land. But anyways, thanks again, Bennett. Uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Hopefully we'll do a live stream soon. All right. Thanks Tim for everything you've done, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome.